Welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by Seven Sisters Homeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'm Vicki, and I am here with one of my friends and fellow podcasters from the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, Meryl Van de Merva, and she is an expert in technology and what our teens need. And so I'd like to introduce her. And so Meryl, say hi and tell us a little bit about you and your homeschool journey and a little bit about your interesting life. Hi. So you could tell from my last name, which is not easy to pronounce, that I am not (laughs) American. I was actually born in England. My dad was uh, studying his PhD there, but I'm really South African. That's where I spent most of my life and where all my four children were born. We, my husband's Zimbabwean, so we're a real mixture. We moved to Tennessee in 2003 for a variety of reasons, but mainly the reason that all immigrants come here for a better life. Things uh-huh. weren't going so well in South Africa. Yeah. Um, in, in South Africa, the, my kids had all been at school, apart from the youngest who was only three. They'd been at both private and um, public schools. But when we came to America, we discovered that they were far ahead of the grades and I didn't really want them to skip grades. And so we realized we'd have to homeschool. And that's how I became an unsuspecting homeschooler and discovered I loved it. And I loved teaching and started teaching in our local homeschool co-op as well and eventually teaching online. Um, my kids have all graduated now. My youngest actually chose to go to public high school, uh-huh. which if you have a choice, I would still homeschool. It was right for her, but I... The other three, I do think, had a much better experience um, overall being at home. Well, that's, and, you know, it's, we know there's not one right way to homeschool. And sometimes homeschooling means they want to go to the regular high school. And that's just fine. So that's it. good and for you for being flexible. I yeah. knew that uh, my relationship with my child was more important than her education. And yeah. it would have just been headbutting. Yeah. I am a programmer um, by... Well, actually, I studied and got a BA in English and German, so it had nothing much yeah. to do with uh, programming. <laughs> yeah. But I ended up uh, being trained and working as a programmer for Shell South Africa. And um, so that's where sort of the techie side comes in. And my dad, I guess, being an electronic engineer, there was always a lot of tech around our house. And so I've always just enjoyed the tech world, which is why I ended up having a podcast about technology. That That is a really interesting turn of events. You know, we always say a mom's mind plans her way, but God directs her path. And, you know, you may have studied English and German, but God had some other ideas. So praise God. So, all right. So today we wanted to talk about tech skills that teens need. A lot of us moms are techie, but then some of us of my generation who've got multiple teens, we are digital immigrants. So we're not quite sure what to make sure we cover with our kids. So we're going to get Meryl to explain what tech skills our teens need before they graduate. And we'll make sure that we put links to her podcast site so that you can get multiple um, sessions about this. So Meryl, give us an introduction to what they need. All right. Well, as Vicky has just said, our problem is we are digital immigrants and most of them are digital natives. And we have to accept that and realize that this world that they were born into is very techie. It is digital. And um, instead of being scared of that, we just need to be careful to prepare them and make sure that they are ready in all the different ways. Obviously, this podcast, I can't talk about everything, but we'll <laughs> touch on a few um, main <laughs> highlights. 
I do also speak from the perspective of having children who have been to college, through college. My oldest one is doing her PhD, so I also know what she is frustrated with as she starts to teach first years at college. So, uh, so what's what she I'm getting saying? her PhD in? Media and communications. Awesome. Okay. So the first thing is your children just do need to be very familiar with tech because and, and the digital world because as we separate our world and talk about, you know, um, digital, we talk about being our online life and our offline. Today's uh, digital natives live all the time in a world that combines tech and the digital and face-to-face. And that's how life is going to be going forward, which for us is always going to be a little weird, but it's not for our children. And if you try to bring your child up in a way that they're still living in your era, it's going to be very tough for them. They need to be very familiar with tech. So all the basics, just email. I still find high schoolers who don't have their own email account. Not a good idea. In our college, they're going to be getting college mail to the email accounts. When they work, that's what they're going to be needing to use too. They need to understand file storage, you know, just the basic things, you know, where they're storing files, how to put them together into folders, how to find them, how to take screenshots, how to use Google Drive, because increasingly people are using that um, when you're working collaboratively. They need to be able to do basic troubleshooting. You know, when something goes wrong with a laptop or your desktop, first thing is they should know just turn it all off and try again because that fixes a multitude of problems. But they also just need to learn how to Google and search to actually find the solution. Don't always help them. And if you feel just as stuck as them, don't just go and pay someone to do it. See what you can do yourselves because they're going to need to just learn how to how to troubleshoot and, and sort things out. You know out. what? I, I think that's a really good point is teaching your kids to have the confidence to troubleshoot. Like they're, you know, kids, once they get used to it, will go on YouTube or just a Google search and they will find how to, to solve a lot of their problems, you know, technology or, you know, some of the other practical things in life. Uh, but if they don't know to do that, it makes them get stuck. So good, good point. Also wanted to point out where you said they need to work with Google Drive and be comfortable with that. The college students I work with, almost all of them tell me on their group projects, which most college classes have, um, it's they are working together through Google Drive. So that's a really good thing that co-ops could kind of help kids experiment with is some group projects using that. Yes. In fact, my online classes, that's what we do. I, I actually do that because um, that is one of the skills that I think we often forget is the fact that our children need to learn how to work virtually together yeah. in the group projects. Yeah. And so I actually build that into my classes. I, I, and my co-op classes, I teach at co-op too, are blended. So the children do have to do that. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Right. Then to get on to more specific uh, skill sets, you know, jumping from Google Drive, um, three of these are part of the Google Drive apps. But you could also be learning using this on on a Mac or Windows and not using Google Drive is that they need to know how to use word processing. They need to know how to just type a document. That seems to be kind of obvious. But um, in case you haven't thought about that, uh, they're not going to be doing handwritten reports when they get to college. So they need to know how to use all the different features that you find in it. Google Docs is my place of choice, but obviously you can use uh, um, word as well or anything else that you want. 
And, you know, that's that's something that even though they're digital natives, just basic typing skills, you know, the QWERTY typing skills, they're not born with that. And that's something they do have to practice and learn. Or they end up in college doing the you know Columbus system. They just find a key and land on it, which really slows them down on a 10-page paper. Right. And I discovered that even, you know, in my online classes, um, because I use a lot of technology and I have to, you know, do everything online, is that the, the students that aren't familiar with everything, they just take so much longer to get through the work. And so they're complaining that the class is taking so long. But a lot of it's because they just can't do those basic things, like, as you say, type fast. Mm-hmm. The next thing they're going to need to know how to do is to create a slideshow. Mm. I can tell you right now, they're going to be doing presentations at college and probably in the workforce, and they're going to need to be able to put a decent one together. Um, again, Google Slides is free and easy, or you could use Keynote or PowerPoint. Um, and then, of course, there's even things like Prezi, which is mm-hmm. a little different and interesting, but they're going to need to know how to do that. They don't want to have to do that the first time around when they arrive in college and get told to do it. Do, do you recommend them learning several different ones like the, the Google Slides and PowerPoint or, yes. or Keynote? I, in general, I think you should expose your children to as many different options as you can possibly mm-hmm. do because things change all the time and being able to move nimbly between different things, uh, you know, as you yeah. move jobs, et cetera. Um, I think that that's just, that is a skill to be able to learn um, you know, new technology quickly. And so learning a multitude of things is good and they can find what their favorite one is. What do you, what do you think of Prezi? Um, I teach it as part of my computer, one computer class. Um, yeah. You know, I like it. It's different. When I do myself, I must say, I just end up going with Google Slides because it's all there in the cloud and I like it. Uh, so that's what I, that's my one of choice when I'm creating. But it's just, you know. Yeah, I I I, uh, I found some people get so busy with Prezi's special effects that you get carsick watching it. Yes, because they they move <laughs> so much. <laughs> but then people can do that also with uh, ordinary powerpoints. They can have you zooming in uh, and out and flashy colors, and you know, it's, it's yeah, it is a skill. Yeah. That's the thing; it's a skill to learn to do, to do a good one, not just to be able to do mm-hmm. the tech, but actually to make it look good. Yeah. Yeah, and great. then they need to know how to do uh, how to use spreadsheets. Again, obviously, you have Google mm. Sheets, or you could use um, uh, whatever spreadsheet program you have on your on your laptop. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's great to do things in columns, even if you're not using the money. Um, it's it's just often the easy way of creating tables. Uh, sorry, if you're using not money, the using the figures. But if you're actually doing math in it, it just makes things like budgeting so easy. And at some point, your child is going to be planning a trip or figuring how much they can spend each month. They're going to get jobs, whether it's you know in high school or later. And learning how to be able to just set up those formulas, how to be able to add and subtract, just very basic stuff is, is very useful. And again, it's something that I think that they could be expected to know as they move into uh, job situations. So you you like the Google spreadsheets? Again, I like Google yeah. spreadsheets because it's easy to share. I like yeah. Google in yeah. general because um, it's easy to share. And yeah. also, you know, you, you're not using up hard drive space. It's all in the cloud. Um, yeah, yeah. So there are just a lot of things. I have a whole podcast episode on Google Drive itself and then on the different ones just because I think there's just so much that you can do with them. 
I tell you, moms, listen to all of her episodes. They are all like green, like they're they will not ever go out of out of date until she has to update them with something. So go ahead and listen to them. Right now, they're all relevant. I didn't know the way yeah. it takes changes. <laughs> give us three months, and uh, it's things do change, which is one of the things our children have to learn. Then they need to learn how to how to work with graphics and how to create graphics. We live in a very visual society. They may not find what they need when they're making a slideshow. They may need to create a graphic. Um, Vicky, you and I both work in the online world with uh, blogging, and you know that you need to create blog graphics. And um, we might now both have virtual assistants, but I'm sure you probably started off like me having to do some of your own work. Oh yeah. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's not something I ever expected to need to do. And it's, it's just, you just need to be able to do it. And there are so many free programs out there. Canva is mm-hmm. really great. And Adobe Spark is another one that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, even Google Drawings is, is something that you can be using. And then just using, you know, knowing even how to edit photos, which you can do with things yeah. like free sites like Pixlr. There are just a lot of different things that you can do and your kids need to be able to throw up a quick flyer you know I know our science olympiad team right now are um you know we're having a chili dinner and just being able to say create a little flyer that you can post up around your co-op advertising things like that it's yeah just there's lots of cool things that you can do yeah and it's so good for teens to learn those skills and so that moms aren't doing that work for them you know kids are having a fundraiser they need to do their own promotion. So that's good. Exactly. Then they need to be able to, again, on the visual side, they do need to be able to create videos. And there are different types of videos. um, And I would suggest that they try and learn how to do them all. There is screencasting when literally, um, it's kind of like what they do on Twitch when they're sitting in gaming and they're videoing as they go along. But you need that also, for instance, if you're explaining how to use a website or a piece of software, you you will... uh, you will need to be able to screencast. And it's actually fairly useful just in real life. And um, there are plenty of free software uh, that you can use out there. Loom being one of those. If you use Google Chrome, you can use one of the mm. extensions and, and use that. But if you just Google, you can find various different choices. Plus, I have an episode on that too. <laughs> the, um, I have one on free <laughs> video tools. And they also need to learn how to be able to put your sort of more traditional video together, one that's perhaps got, you know, you've perhaps taken some video footage or you've used some that you found somewhere. You've perhaps added Mm -hmm. photos in um, and you've got some voiceover. So there there again are things. um, Adobe Spark is free and Mm -hmm. really useful to do that. Um, Obviously, if you have a Mac, you've got... um, built-in capabilities and even um, iMovie, sorry, iMovie for Macs, and then you've got Windows um, Movie Maker on Windows machines. So most machines will have something free, but there are also just ones that are um, online that you can use. And so those, are, again, are, are things that, you know, you can, that students need to be able to practice doing. And then finally, fun ones is also just being able to use something like Powtoons and um, make, they use animation. Because again, that's uh-huh. a cool way of sometimes explaining something is using animated little figures to tell a story or explain how to do something. I tell you, that's one of my goals is to learn to do some of those just for fun. I, I think it would be a blast. It so is. Sometimes a small one to do it. It is. It. And it's, it's really, it's, it's not a lot of work. It's easy to do. 
But if teens have all of these skills down in high school where they've been introduced to everything, they will find favorite ones that they really spend a lot of time with. But they will also be prepared for the next phase of life, especially the college-bound kids, where they'll be using a lot of these in their classes. Correct. And that actually brings me to the next topic. I've kind of spoken about specific items that they need to learn. And obviously, there are more, you know, I think it's also good for them to start to be able to use, you know, tech tools to organize their lives and things like that. But I'm not going to go into that today. Rather, I want to suggest that they do take some online classes while they're at in high school. Mm -hmm. Because if they're going to go on to college, that is something they're going to need to know how to navigate the world of the LMS, the learning management system, Blackboard, Mm -hmm. Moodle, Canvas, all the the well-known ones. If your child does do dual enrollment, they will automatically have to do that. But being able to understand how to um, look for the deadlines, how to upload work into your LMS, Mm -hmm. how to check your grades. Obviously, each of them will be slightly different, but they're also more similar than they are different. And your child will at least understand how how to contact the teachers through the messaging system. You really don't want them to have that as their first experience when they go to college because schools are now doing that. Now, as you know, as I said, my youngest chose to go to a public high school. Everything was on Canvas for them. And then they had Aspen, which was their grading system. So they had two different systems uh, and everything was done like that. So, you know, if your child gets to college and they've never done any online class, and everybody else is familiar with it. It just puts that extra little bit of stress and pressure, which they don't really need when they're starting something new anyway. Right. All right. Well, that makes a really natural segue to, Meryl, tell about some of your online classes. Right. Um, I, I, I sound a little crazy, the diff- different ones I have. First of all, I, I was a programmer, so I do have programming classes. And that's, in fact, another skill I think every single, my last skill I want to just bring up there. Every kid really needs to know how to code. I have a whole episode explaining why. So you can go and listen. It's not just for the fact that that most jobs are going to actually involve coding, but also the logic and thinking skills that are taught. So I have a Scratch. I have Scratch and Python programming. um, But I have a computer applications class, which teaches Uh the skills we've been talking about and many, many more. We also look at things like tech addiction, how to do online research, um, Mm -hmm. just uh, audio editing. Just about everything you can imagine, I cover in that. Then I also do have U.S. history, government, economics, um, geography as well, and health. I teach part of the health class. So you've got a whole variety of things. I do, and all of mine are very techy. So the kids not only learn the topic, but we actually, I do it through, instead of them having to write lots of essays, instead we do it through, they create a video, they create a graphic. Sometimes they do write things as well. But I try and incorporate mm-hmm. that tech into it so they become familiar. And then, I mean, it's, it's my online academy. It's funderfunderacademy.com where you can find me. But I have other teachers teaching some of the other subjects too. There. Some of them my children, my husband, and my fellow co-op teachers. I, I've um, chosen ones who I think have the same idea of education as I do. All right. So I am so curious. How did you come up with that name, Funda Funda? <laughs> right. It's Zulu, which is one of the national languages of South Africa. And Funda uh-huh. literally means to study. And so the idea uh-huh. of Funda Funda is literally study, study. They like to copy things. If people who follow our uh, soccer, for instance, um, it's Bafana Bafana is the name of the team. 
Um, uh-huh. But the idea was, I believe that education should be fun and that when things are enjoyable, children learn better. And so I knew that to an English ear, it sound, you could hear the word fun in it. So that's where it comes uh, Yes. Well, it's so memorable, like funda funda, like how can you forget that? So, so now all our mob friends can either just remember funda funda academy and the interesting classes that have really, really important life skills in them, or they can link to the show notes because we'll have all the links to her website and, um, and also to her podcast site. So everybody can catch up with all of the cool things that, that Meryl's doing in preparing our kids with their technology skills. So anything else you wanted to make sure our listeners knew? I have two Facebook groups, which they're welcome to join. The one is um, Homeschooling College Bound Teens. And the other, which I'm literally just setting up now and about to announce on my podcast, is Homeschooling with Technology Community, where um, when I actually have done my podcast, if people want to go further and ask questions, it would be an easy place for them to come share the creations their children are making and just be able to talk to other moms as they're trying to navigate the world of technology and homeschooling. Sounds marvelous. I will make sure we have the links for those in there. So please, everybody, check out Meryl's Funda Funda Academy. And the name of your podcast homeschooling is... Homeschooling with Technology. Yeah. And so you've got like such a wealth of resources. and. For those of us moms who just feel kind of lost on what what you know a checklist of things we we need for our teens to make sure they are prepared, we we just covered it here, and I'll make sure that it's clear in the show notes. And then you can really go deep dive for yourself with her podcast and have your kids sign up for her classes, and they will be sharp and high tuned to uh, be ready for the next part of life. So. All right. Well, Meryl, thank you for joining us today on the Homeschool High School podcast. And we look forward to connecting with everybody on our Facebook page, the Homeschool High School podcast, and over at the Seven Sisters Homeschool Facebook group, where we have lots of fun um, conversations, and then over at the website. So be sure and visit sevensistershomeschool.com also. This has been the Homeschool High School podcast brought to you by sevensistershomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Mm-hmm.